Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. But most people have pressed the pause button on their dreams. And that's what I want to speak into fundamentally today. Because yes, whilst there is a lot of shaking that is going on, I really want us to have an unshakable confidence in God to be able to do the immeasurably more through our lives. I read a book about 10, 11 years ago. And I'd encourage you, if you've never read it, it's called The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson, who's become a friend of our church. And in there, he talks about how we should draw circles of prayer. And we need to draw big circles. And I want to say to you that since I read that book, I've drew some large circles around our family and around our finances. I've drew some large, large circles around our children. I've drew some large circles around the things that I've been involved in, in ministry and business. Believing God to do the immeasurably more. Because in that place of the circle, there is a dream that I have carried that continues to propel me forward. And whilst I've still been in the season of COVID-19 like you have, I want to tell you that my conviction is that God has not pressed the pause button. He's still moving his purposes forward through his people. And we need to still maintain and cultivate and fuel the dream that God has placed in every one of our hearts and in every one of our churches. Genesis 37, verse 7 to 19, identifies a man by the name of Joseph. A common name today, Joe, often people are called. And Joseph was a significant character in the Old Testament because he carried a dream that God had given to him in his heart. But we see there in chapter 37 and verses 17 to 19, he went to his brothers at Dothan, and they saw him in the distance, it says. And before he reached them, his brothers plotted to kill him. Why? Because they said to themselves, here comes the dreamer. And they hated the dream that he was carrying in his heart. Now, the dream that I'm talking about is what I'm talking about in Joseph that we should carry. A dream that is God-ordained. A dream that is admirable and worthy and integrous and selfless. A dream that is fueled by God. Not a dream that is indulgent, ego-driven and selfish. And Joseph carried a God-ordained dream and we should too. But when he went to his brothers, you see... The dream placed in the wrong hands is very dangerous because his brothers wanted to diminish Joseph. They wanted to make him small. They wanted to ultimately destroy and kill the dream. I don't know about you, but if you've ever placed your trust in somebody and told them your dream, and really they have not been for you, and that dream in their hands, they've made you to feel small. They've ridiculed you. They have even tried to kill and snatch away and thieve the dream inside of you. And I honestly believe that in this season, this year that we've gone through, that as we continue to move forward, can I say to us, every one of us, those who are uh, husbands and wives and children and young people, carry the dream, church leaders, carry the dream that God gave you in your heart. This is a time for us to Reimagine this is the time for us to be re-envisioned. This is the time for us to move forward into all that God 
has for us. Now can I say, if you've got a dream, what is the point of dreaming small? If you get a dream, you might as well dream big. And it's something that I've laid into our children. If they get a dream, carry a big dream in your hearts. But the problem why most people don't dream big and they dream small is because when with dreaming big, it leads you, leads you to a place called impossible. Called impossible. But this is exactly, this place called impossible is exactly where God is. You see, God resides in a place called impossible. And it may be that you have an impossible dream in business, building a business, a dream that's in your heart, an impossible dream for your family, for it to be reconciled, a, a dream that you carry an impossible dream of ministry. And I want to encourage you to fuel it again. Go again in your heart because this is where God resides in those big dreams. The place called impossible is where God is. And yes, we have had some incredible setbacks. But as I've been encouraging everybody who has heard me, the greater the setback or the bigger the setback, the greater the comeback. I really believe it. And this is a pattern that we see repeated throughout the scriptures. See, sometimes God doesn't intervene until something is humanly impossible. You see, if it's possible, why do we even need God? It's only at the place called impossible that we receive his power, God's power, God's strength, and God's might. And at that point, it becomes supernatural. In Ephesians in chapter 3 and verse 20, and we've got this, um, we had some, uh, a designer designed something for our wall and we framed it. And it's from these verses, Ephesians 3 verse 20. Now I can uh, memorize it through the New International Version, but I want to speak from a different translation called the Passion Translation. And it says this, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream. And he'll even exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all. For his miraculous power continues to energize you. Notice the language. The writer is saying, listen, the dream that you carry, he'll, he'll, he'll outdo it all. It will, it will be, he'll go beyond your greatest request. It will be the most unbelievable thing that God will do. In fact, God says, I'll outdo them all. And the New International Version says that God will do the immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. I absolutely love this verse in the Bible because it fuels me with a dream. It fuels our family with that, into that walking us into that place called impossible. Now under greater investigation of this verse, there was a fantastic um, English preacher by the name of Charles Haddon Spurgeon of another generation. And he wrote of this verse, Ephesians 3 verse 20, that Paul the Apostle who wrote, penned these words, has constructed here in the Greek, because the New Testament was written in the Greek, an expression which is altogether his own. No language was powerful enough for the apostle because it translates 
He is able, get this, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly, so abundantly that it exceeds measure and description. Wow. Therefore, he, God, is able to do all things and able to do super abundantly above the greatest abundance. I don't know what your need is. I don't know what you're carrying in your heart today. But I want to tell you that God is able to do all things. And he's able to do super abundantly above the greatest abundance. Do you need a miracle today? Reach out. He is the God who's able to do it. Do you need provision today? Reach out and receive from the Lord. Do you need reconciliation in your marriage and in your family? Reach out to him. The one who is able to do super abundantly above the greatest abundance. I want to tell you, friend, I will not be moved from this truth of God's word. But oftentimes, God is wanting to do so much more. But the obstacle is staring us right back in the, in the mirror. Why? Because often we will not move. Because we will not risk even our limited reputations. And if we won't, we'll never establish God's reputation. And the greatest tragedy in life is the prayers that go unanswered simply because they go unasked. I want to encourage you to stand on the promises of God. The promises of God, friend, are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Can I fuel some young people today? Young people those, those are under the age of, I'm going to get in trouble now, under the, under the age of 25. I want to tell you, be fueled with a dream. Even those over 25, but those under 25, be fueled with a dream. Get a dream from God in your heart. Don't allow for something small to capture you. Allow God's big dream to get a hold of you and run with it. But oftentimes, as I said, it's easier for us to just stay where we are. And it's a lot easier to live with mistakes than it is with regrets. I want you to dream big. I want you to enter the world where God resides. I want you to think and feel how God sees and enter into the realm of the supernatural, the extraordinary, I'm not saying it to be flashed. Joseph was not a flash guy. He was just carried a dream in his heart and he ran with it. And if anybody's ever looked to the life of Joseph, you'll see he had many stories, trials, tests. But every test gave him a great opportunity for a testimony. And God fulfilled his dream in Joseph's heart. So as we think of this thought of we shall not be moved in the area of dreams, I want you to remember three things. Today, I want you to remember three things as we just wrap it up. Firstly, God always, always uses the weak things to display his power. If you feel you're strong in your own power, then God probably is going to want to humble you because he will not share his glory with anyone. He uses the weak things to display his power. 
Most people that I come into contact with feel weak. They feel inadequate. They feel insignificant. And they're exactly the people that God will use to show his glory into the world. This is a place of extraordinary power. And this place is not reserved for the brave or the super talented and the privileged few, but for all. I used to feel that I needed to just be better, brighter, smarter, better looking, all those kinds of things, trying to self-improve. And I'm not saying you can't get a good education. I'm not saying you shouldn't look after yourself. You should. But let me tell you, God isn't as interested in those things. The only thing he's interested in is our hearts, full devotion to him. And if we will bring who we are and what we have and place it at the feet of the master with humility, then God will take our lives and he will display his power through our lives. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 27 says this, But God chose those whom the world considers foolish to shame those who think they are wise. And God chose the puny and the powerless to shame the high and mighty. Let me reiterate, God takes the foolish things, the weak things, the despised things. God takes the lowliest, the weakest, the least equipped and experienced, the stutterers and the stammerers, the most sinful and the most broken. If you're here today and you're listening and you feel broken and damaged and bruised and full, you are exactly who God wants to take hold of. He wants to pour in his love and his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness. And he wants to set you up now for the next part of your life, which can be glorious in Jesus Christ. And he does all this. He uses those kinds of people. So there is no doubt who has done this. Secondly, we need to remember God moves once we do, most people are standing around, sitting around, waiting for God to move. And God says, I'll move once you do. I was recently rereading a story of some rural farmers in Mississippi. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. God, did you get that? I learned that at school. In Mississippi. And we've driven through Mississippi and it's very, very rural still. And 50 years ago, there was a drought and there was a, a, a local pastor, rural pastor, who brought the farmers together for a, a prayer night vigil because without rain, the crops, that season crops was going to be destroyed and the community would be seriously, seriously damaged. So the farmers gathered in this little parish wooden shack of a church and there was one farmer the only farmer who came, not dressed in his usual overalls and, you know, his boots, but he came in waders. He came in fishing waders. And as he came in, people were wondering, what on earth has gone off with this guy? But he was dressing himself ready for the miracle because he went in waders. He was praying for rain. And by the way, yes, God did visit them even that night. And he was the only one who went home dry. All the others went home wet. You see, the point is God moves once we do. Once we do. Don't just keep saying here, when this opens up, go and try and open the door. Just 
Sense the leading of God and just begin to open some doors. I was an encouraging a pastor only this week to say, yeah, go and open some doors with that building that he hasn't got enough money for. I says, you just don't know what God is going to do. As you begin to open doors and as you begin to just explore, you just sense the leading of God. As you move, God moves also. Joshua 3 just really quickly to really underscore this point. In Joshua 3 and verse 2, there were three days and the officers went throughout the camp and they gave orders to the people. They were about to enter the promised land, step into the promise. And the reminder was to them, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, which is now the presence of God, then you are to come out of your positions and know it. Verse 4. Then you will know which way to go. Since you have never been this way before. I want to tell you God's presence in this moment, in this season. Is just stirring hearts. And it's getting us off our feet. And we're following his presence. And as we follow his presence, we may have never been that, this way before. But God has been everywhere. And he knows our future and he will lead us and guide us. And you do not need to fear what will happen because God's promise in Matthew 28 verse 20 says this. Jesus said, and I will be with you always even to the very end of the age. We do not need to fear as long as we follow his presence. And I want to be daring to go after a dream that is destined to fail without his divine intervention yes it's a scary place but if I'm going to dream I might as well dream big and thirdly don't limit the God who knows no limits don't limit the God who knows no limits don't box God in to say God can do this but God can't do that yes there are a lot of questions there are a lot of it what ifs there there may be even doubts that we carry may be things that we believe for and it didn't work out the way that we expected it but I, my testimony is that God has always been with me and he's always carried me through and I am not going to allow the limitations that I feel to limit God who is limitless he has incomparable power I was encouraging Arena Church only recently that God is our Jehovah Jireh, he is our provider. He has continued to meet us over the 90 plus years and certainly over the 20 plus years that we've been leading the church. God has supernaturally met our needs. As we have dreamed big dreams, as we have drawn big circles, as we have stood on the promises of God, we have seen The God who knows no limits move in incredible ways in our lives. We need to continue to trust God. In fact, we need to sow seeds in times of famine. And like Isaac, believe for a hundredfold harvest to come about. I am convinced that God's power and grace knows no limits. I will not draw small circles in our family and in our church. We will continue to draw big circles inspired by God, believing for the impossible.
I wonder in your mind how big your God is. I want to just say to you, God is huge, large. He's inside and outside of time. He's limitless. He's extraordinary. No one can get their heads around him. And yet, in the midst of that, he's so personal. And the personal God comes to you today and says to you, will you trust me with your life and with your future? Will you stand unshakable upon my, on my word? In a world that is being shaken, you can be secure in me who cannot be shaken. I want to believe you with you today as you look to God for divine appointments. I want to believe today that God is going to set the right people for you to meet with God. You don't have to seek the opportunity. All you do is, is need to ask God and he will give you the right openings and the right doors. I want you to believe for divine resources. He owns it all. I want you to believe for divine wisdom and creative ideas because he is a God who gives wisdom liberally and creativity liberally to his people. So can I encourage you to dream big? Don't allow the pause button to be on your life. Yes, there's pause around holidays. There's pause around even just the next few weeks. But listen to me, God has not pressed the pause button in heaven. He is positioning his people and his church for the future. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I've already said you're an absolute candidate for God's grace. God's grace wants to wash over you. You may say, I'm a filthy sinner. Yeah, so was I. You may say, but Christian, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I did. But Christian, you don't know where I've come from. You don't know where I came from. But God's amazing grace touches hearts that reach out to him. And as we just bring our sinfulness and our brokenness and our emptiness and our lostness to Jesus, Jesus comes. Can I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today? Just pray, Jesus take my life. I'm broken, I'm battered, I'm bruised. Please forgive me of all the wrong that I've done. Give me a brand new start. Friend, if you have prayed that prayer today, sincerely from your heart, you are a new person in Jesus. This is the beginning of a journey. It's not the end, it's the beginning. Because God always wants to do more. But the Bible says you are born again. And I'd encourage you to connect with your church. But as I finish in these last moments that I have with you, and it's wonderful, all heaven rejoices with you who's given, who have given your life to Jesus. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. But I also now want to pray for those people who have pressed the pause button and something's stirred in you today. I want to pray over your present and over your future. I want to pray over your health and your kids and your family and your business and your marriage and your ministry and the church that God will do the immeasurably more in all of our lives. Just stretch your hand to the camera. Just receive this prayer. Father, today, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence that is leading us. And in this moment, I put my trust yet again in you. I thank you, God, that you have a plan to prosper me. You have plans to give me a hope 
and a future. I thank you for the blessing that is on my health, upon my children, upon my marriage, upon the ministry, upon the business, upon the creative ideas. I pray for over every young person, stir that dream in every one of our hearts. And may we dream big for you and may we do exploits in the name of Jesus. And we do it all, Jesus, for your glory and for your praise. If you receive that, why don't you say amen and amen and amen. Let me encourage you finally. Dream big and be moved. God bless you.